This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems, or at least one of us is. <laughs> I'm Liz Gill, not the one correcting your auto problems, but I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker. ASE certified, and she's the one who will help you correct your auto problems. How are you doing, Allison? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing, you know, I have good days and I have bad days. <laughs> yeah. I think, you with know. The, with this pandemic going on. Right. I think I would love, you know, just to go take a drive. And I'm not sure with the, the stay-at-home order if that's allowed, you know, we'll wait and see how this goes with the, the governor and the mayors. But uh, just to roll down the windows and take a drive to escape <laughs> would be a nice thing to do sometime. Yeah, well, I've, I've been riding on the motorcycle with my boyfriend a little bit, and that's uh, a little bit of escape. I don't know if we're supposed to be riding or not, but we've gotten out and ridden around a little bit, and that has definitely helped a lot. Fantastic. Well, today, one of the things you can do to escape is to dream, maybe dream about a new vehicle. So we're going to talk about inspecting used cars for purchase between your vehicle auto repair calls. Allison, now this inspecting cars, this is something you do for clients. Is that right? That's true. I do pre-buy um, inspections, and I do them at auctions and for clientele who's just going to a dealership or, you know, privately looking for a vehicle. One of the things that always uh, bothers me, you know, kind of nags in the back of my mind, is that if you're getting a used car, it's because somebody else doesn't want it or or maybe because if it's an auction you know maybe it was because it was seized or something but uh, can you if you know the owner if you see the owner face to face can you ask them why they don't want their car anymore and do you think they're truthful when they answer you on that i think if you say it quickly and kind of catch them off guard slightly there's nothing wrong with that and you can listen for hesitation or anything like that to see if they're telling the truth and sometimes um you get the truth and with the honest person you you get the truth it's at least worth asking and i always ask that why don't you want this car anymore why are you selling this car and i like to ask also what does it need what future things does it need to have done to it and that kind of gives you an idea of how much they actually know about the car and uh, can give you a little bit more insight into whether you want to buy it or not. Yeah, I really believe there are those people out there. My dad was one, but, of course, this was back in the days when cars didn't last so long. He'd get a new car. He'd get a brand-new car every two years just because he liked getting a brand-new car. So, And he was always good friends with the dealer, and he'd always take his car to the dealer to be serviced. So that's the kind of person you want to know. So uh, you can say, oh, okay, I'll take your car. But um, if... If you want to buy a a used car from a dealer or a person, you know, I hadn't even thought about auctions. You can can I bring a mechanic to check it out? 
You can on uh, not the auctions. Auctions are for dealers, uh, people with the wholesale license that I, I help do inspections for, or, or do inspections for. But yes, it's on like at a dealership or a small uh, used car dealership, a new car dealership. You can bring me for anything like that, and you can hire a mechanic to do that, and um, and that's perfectly okay to do and really smart to do. Would an individual who was selling their car, would they let you take it to a mechanic if you can't bring a mechanic to the car, do you think? I think they probably would if they really want to sell the vehicle. Um, I had a situation, I haven't had this situation for me when I was doing inspections for a car, but I did sell a vehicle and he wanted it to be sent to an a mechanic to look at so I took it to a mechanic to another mechanic to check it out and get back with him this is before I was doing mechanic work for myself a long time ago and um and so you know I, I took it to an outside mechanic to do that and that was the situation for that and that worked really well well that was mighty nice of you because you were a motivated seller yes uh, exactly. Michelle's got a question for you Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Liz. How's everybody doing? Well, yeah. <laughs> say we're gonna say we're doing great. We are doing great. Uh, snuggled in here on MPB. You're snuggled at home, Allison. Thanks for uh, being a part of MPB and continuing to do the show. Um, you know, as everyone knows, I do have a teenage daughter, dun, 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 and she is now wanting to drive. Of course, uh, given everything that happened, we just had this conversation yesterday about how is she going to take her test now, and um, how can I take my driver's test i'm like see you should have taken it right before <laughs> i was pushing for her to take it uh earlier and she did not but we actually had plans for her to take it this summer but um if she takes the test even if she doesn't what type of car she is 16 going on 17 um in the 10th grade so what's the best type of cars for teenagers if there is one uh a type of brand you um recommend um something nice that looks good at least but Dependable. That's my main concern. Dependable, and it still looks nice for a you know seventeen year old. I love the idea of of checking out whatever vehicle you look at to make sure it is dependable. And uh, the website we use, carcomplaints dot com, is really good for that, and it, it has safety ratings and that sort of thing on there too, um, which can help you narrow down a vehicle. And what I would look for is a car with really good safety ratings on on there and and that varies between manufacturers so i would go on look at the specific car and see its safety ratings and that's what i would go for because the the younger she is the more likely she is to have an accident or be in an accident and and be a distracted driver so that's an imperative to have a safe vehicle so that's what i would look for michelle and in any manufacturer that you're looking at go through and actually look at that actual car and see what the safety rating is for it that sounds like you great advice Allison, when you walk up to a car, uh, can you tell if there's anything wrong with the car just by looking at it? I guess you you pop the hood. Do you get on one of those little rolly things and slide underneath it, too? I do. um, I I look up under it. I don't actually get up under the vehicle, but I have had them where I I put them on lifts 
at auction sites to to look at them when I had the opportunity to, which was not often. Uh, it's not often you're able to actually put it up on a list. But with that being said, getting up under it and looking at it, what I what I look for, you can see defects. One thing is to actually look at the car and see if it's actually crooked. Uh, when the frame is bent on a car, sometimes you can actually visually look at it and tell it without it being on an alignment machine and actually see where it's crooked. And I think maybe everyone out there has seen a car going down the road where it looks like it's been wrecked and it's going tracking sideways a little bit. That's what you're looking for, a car that's kind of twisted a little bit and, and looks like it's been knocked sideways. Another thing to look for with with that, with just a quick visual inspection, is to look for your bumpers and your body parts to see if they have been removed or replaced or they're not in the place they're supposed to be. If there's too big of a gap on one side or something like that, then you know something has happened to that vehicle. And that's one way to tell whether it's been in an accident or not is whether the body panels are lining up correctly. The doors and everything, everything is straight and perfect, like it should be from the manufacturer. We're going to have some more inspect a car that you're thinking about buying advice from Allison, the lady auto mechanic. If you have any questions, you can always email us, auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I am Liz Gill. And if you want even more AutoCorrect, we would love for you to find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. And here are the recalls for the week. We've got the 2020 Hyundai Nectro, oh, I, I can't read my writing, <laughs> and Sonata, the 2019-2020 Chevrolet Silverado 1500, GMC Sierra 1500, the 2020 Ford Expedition, and the 2019 Subaru Ascent, Imprezia, Legacy, and Outback. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number. Today, we're talking about inspecting a car. Maybe you have a, you're thinking about getting a new-to-you car. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Allison, I would think that this would be a really good time to get your car worked on because nobody's really driving anywhere. 
it is a good time for that. I agree. <laughs> but I probably say that anytime. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is a great time to get your car worked on to uh you know get that little thing that you've been meaning to get fixed fixed like Liz get your check engine light on your van fixed. This oh man. Oh man. I'm I'm man, <laughs> I need to get my car fixed. <laughs> so Allison, we were talking about some of the things that you look for when you're inspecting a car. You mentioned that uh, you look at the frame, look at the uh, uh, alignment, you look at bumpers to see if any are have been removed or replaced. That might be an idea if they've been in um, an accident or not. Why don't you give us a couple more while we get our phones queued up? Another thing that I look for is rust. Um, that's a kind of obvious thing, but you kind of forget it when you're looking at the top of the car and everything looks pretty. But when you look closer, and especially at the bottom of the car, and you can find an absolute rust bucket under your car when it comes from up north, if it's a northern vehicle, and the car itself can look really, really nice. The interior can be really, really nice, and everything looks good. And, and next thing you know, you, you for some reason have a problem, and you go to look up under it, and it's a complete rust bucket under there. So definitely get down and look up under your car before you buy it and inquire about it over the phone or online before you talk before you actually see the car ask them if it has rust on it specifically um that needs to be a question that you ask very quickly um another thing that i look for is for flood damage and that's a uh, that's been a problem in the past, especially after Hurricane Katrina, with having a lot of cars come through that were running. And they were running and working, but they had flood damage, which can mean possible future problems with the car, especially electronics. So, one thing that I look for is I pull the carpet aside right at the driver's side door. You can pop up a little panel there, and pull it up it's on the the door uh frame right there where your foot goes in where your feet drop in pop that little panel up and you can look under there to look for mud and debris and dampness and wetness um that's one way to look for flood damage another is the actual smell it'll it can smell musty that's that's an obvious one right there um, another one's not so obvious is to go through all the electronics on the car and make sure everything works. Turn on the radio, turn on the air conditioner, turn on the heater and everything and go through them a couple of times and make sure all of it's in working order because when a car floods, it can short out different components and different things not be working correctly. Another thing I like to look for for flood damage is when you pop the hood to look under there and see if there's any rusty bolts up top. You generally know that water has gotten up that high if there's rusty bolts up on top of the vehicle. There shouldn't be. It, it dirties one thing, but rusty bolts are an, are an indicator of flood damage, and that's something you want to look for. Water marks and an actual mud in the vehicle will indicate a flood damage. Those are um, a, a couple of things that I look for right there. 
Fantastic. Well, we've gotten uh, Buddy, Craig, and Daryl have called in. We're going to get to them. If you have a question for Allison, we would love for you to call into our show. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Buddy from Natchez, thank you for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Well, I got two comments and one question. One co- comment is that somebody was looking for a car for a teenager, early, a beginning driver. They need to get something like a War Surplus 1953 Dodge Power Wagon that's going to stand about three feet high and it's made out of completely metal. I've got several teenage <laughs> drivers, and that's about what they should have had. Keep all the, the scrapes and bangs and uh, the front-end collisions and things that they've gone through. Something that had something like that that would have certainly protected them and wouldn't have resulted in much vehicle damage. Secondly, if uh, you've got a friend that can go to the auctions to look for a used car, there's a national, uh, several of them, national uh rental car agencies that turn in cars when they get to be a certain mileage. They maintain the cars well. They don't let any smokers drive the cars. And when they turn them in, it's a pretty good quality automobile to look for when you go to an auction, if you can get one that came from that rental agency. And then my question would be, I've got a 2002 Chevrolet Tracker that for some reason, for several years now, when you turn off the ignition, you wait a few seconds, and the fuel pump relay will begin clicking at a fairly rapid rate. And I've gone through the, uh, I went to the dealership, and they didn't even put it on the computer checker. They just told me the relay was bad. I said, no, the relay's not bad. The relay is showing me that there's something going on in this electrical system because it begins clicking. And something's activating the relay. The relay itself's not bad. Well, I went ahead and changed the relay anyway, and of course, this relay's not bad. But you can touch the brake pedal or take your gear shift and move it from park to reverse and back to park, either one, and it stops the clicking noise. And you can ease out of the car and go away and know it's not clicking. I've gone through the schematics. I can't find anything in the system that would cause it to click at that rate. It's much faster than a your blinker turn signal or something like that. Allison, do you have any suggestions for Buddy? I I have no idea what could be causing that. That's a really interesting problem. I've never heard of that problem before myself or or dealt with it. Um, you know what I would recommend though is to look at it. You, you like you familiar with schematics and everything like that, but um, maybe an electrical automotive electrical shop could track it down for you better, and maybe maybe even have some experience with that problem. Um, I do a little bit of electrical, but I'm not a specialist in electrical diagnostics. And that's what I would recommend is having having an automotive electrical shop look at it. You can even call them and just ask them about it like you did with me. Usually they're an independent shop, and they're usually off on the side roads and um, and usually can have time to talk to you about it and the problem before you even have to worry about bringing your vehicle in. So that's what I would recommend is go ahead and have an automotive electrical shop looking at it. 
and because oh, I've I've never heard of a relay acting like that and doing okay. doing like that. The only other thing I could think of is if the computer's making it constantly turn on and off for some reason, but no. that doesn't really make sense when you're you're you said. Well, did the schematic send it through the computer? Everything seems like it's out of that computer itself. I haven't found any other circuit in there connected to it that would have any kind of a device that would cause it to click with such a rapid clicking, tick, 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 like that. And uh, yeah. I, I said, you know, the only thing it would click like that would be a fuel injector opening and closing or something, you know, but, it's, but it doesn't have anything to do with the fuel injector circuit. It's got the, no, it doesn't. But I've done everything except go under the hood and start pulling fuses, and I figured if that thing is clicking and I'll pull a fuse, maybe I can find what circuit's feeding that thing, causing it to, to do that, maybe get a little closer to my problem. But uh, That is a good idea to do that, to pull the fuses and see if you can find a circuit that's maybe linking up to it or, or rubbing up against it. Maybe the wires have crossed or something like that. Yeah, and it's done it for so many years, about six years now, and uh, yeah, I'm a very patient person. Well, buddy, this is the time yeah. right now when folks uh, maybe aren't driving so much. That maybe this is a good time to, to get your car uh, figured out and uh, and get it all tip-top shape. Thank you so right. much for calling in. We always appreciate hearing from you. Love your show. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Let's go to Craig in Biloxi. Craig, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question today? Hey, good morning. I have uh, some comments about how I look for cars, used cars, and and about uh, cars that are setting up if we need to, like, check the tire pressure or fluids and stuff since we haven't been driving much. Uh, with, with a car, if I'm looking for a used car, first I make sure that car title is proper about one out of ten cars i've ever uh looked at had no titles how does that happen these the professional uh personal sellers Uh have you know they'll have the the boy has the car the mom has the title he owes the girl money and she won't give the title so if you buy the car from the boy you're you're gonna owe the mom this this happened and you're gonna owe the mom money for the title so and and other people, you know, they just have problems with the title. Uh, and, and then the second thing, if it has a fresh paint job, that is a huge red flag for me, because they're hiding something with that possibly. And uh, to like like if you want to check for a bondo, you can take a real weak magnet on a magnetic on a metal panel. You can take a real weak magnet and see if it sticks. If if there's a thick layer of bondo, it'll the magnet will not stick. Uh, and, and, and Which doesn't particularly driving. mean it's a bad vehicle, but it does mean it, it could potentially have alignment problems and, and that sort of thing. So you need to definitely check out that car more intensely. So um, if it does have some damage to it, then you know just know that you have to check it out more thoroughly. It doesn't particularly mean that the car is uh, not worth buying, but, but yeah, but continue. Exactly. And then I test drive. If I can't test drive it, that's going to knock the price way down. So I, I've had people, you know, there's situations where they don't want you to test drive it. They say, hey, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm ready to walk. Uh, and, and then 
And then uh, the, the one question about if, if you're, in your opinion, we need to put injector cleaner because, you know, for like two, two months here, we're going to be setting up and check tire pressures on the cars or, or whatever we need to do. And that's it. Thank you, Craig. We appreciate you calling in. Okay. Our email address where you can send in questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We'll be talking about inspecting a new-to-you car for purchase and taking more of your car repair questions next. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that in a bit. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm just kind of here for fun. I'm Liz Kill. I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click the support, support button and make a contribution. We do rely on contributions to purchase our national programming and to keep the lights on. Thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Allison, we did get a donation of a motorcycle uh, a few weeks ago, so that was kind of fun. So maybe maybe they heard about it on AutoCorrect. Consumer, awesome. yeah, Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the 2012 Jeep Wrangler. Overall, the worst problem uh, for that model Jeep Wrangler was electrical problems. So at, at, this, at this whole show, consider reading up on the reliability of uh, the, that car before purchasing it as a used car suggests consumer reports. And as Allison mentioned earlier, carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed uh, cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years, and he's got some new car reviews on there for this week. We've been talking about inspecting a car before you buy it, especially if it's a used car. Email your questions to 
auto at mpbonline.org. We have four calls waiting for us, Allison, so we're going to get down to business. We're going to start first in Jackson and talk to Daryl. Daryl, thank you so much for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Good morning, ladies. I got an Earl change. It's a Nissan Pathfinder 2015. It has about 42,000 miles on it. I had got, got an Earl change and got about 500 miles on it. The engine light came on, and the Earl is black as I don't know what in there. It looks like it's dirty Earl. But the the car doesn't say that it needs an Earl change. The engine light just came on. I'm going to get off the phone and let you answer the question. And thank you. Thanks, Daryl. So the check engine light is probably something separate from what's going on with that, with the oil. So I would have it checked out. You can take it to an auto parts store and have the check engine light read. So that's what I would want to know is what the code is on there. And until I know that, I couldn't really go further on on diagnosing what's going on with it. But um, that's what I would do is get that check engine light code checked out immediately and then go from there and see what it says. Um, and that's really all you can do at this point, even though you just had an oil change on it that probably is not related so i would have that that code checked out as soon as possible since allison since those are two separate problems uh what could cause a uh uh oil to to discolor so fast after an oil change what first when you change your oil and you look at the dipstick what should the oil look like on the dipstick the oil should look light brown um and once it, as it gets darker, it's getting worn in, and it, um, you don't want it to get you don't want it to be very dark before you change it again, and you certainly don't want it to be black. What can make it do that sooner is um, well, a, a, a couple of things, but it's normally that doesn't happen at all. So that that could be an indicator that it's running rich or something like that. Um, so, but without checking into that further, I really am not sure. Okay. That's something to have to check into a little further. All right. Hey, we had a, uh, email from Ed. Ed was commenting about Buddy's, um, uh, fuel pump relay click. And Ed said another way to check for the source of relay chattering is to use a temperature sensing tool to measure temperature of circuits. Warmer one is where the problem is. You, you've mentioned that uh, before, Allison. Is that right? I have. And with looking up for a, a parasitic drain on a vehicle, you run the car and then you turn it off. And then in the off position, check it, the fuses, you, you put a temperature gauge and you put it on top of each fuse and see which ones are still running. I, I don't know if that applies to this um, exactly, but, but that is a good suggestion and, and one way to check for if your fuse is still on after you turn the ignition off. It's going to be still hot. Okay. It'll have a higher temperature than the rest of the fuses. All right. Let's go now and to Memphis and talk to Arthur. Uh, Arthur, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? 
Well, I had a comment on uh, the gentleman that called in on his little Chevrolet tracker there about the uh, uh, fuel pump relay at Saturn. Yeah, what, do you, what, what advice do you have for Buddy? Well, he said that uh, if he uh, stepped on the brake pedal and moved the uh, shift lever from park to reverse, that it would stop. And uh, you have to step on the brake before you can move it from park to reverse. So uh, he might check out his uh, uh, brake pressure sensor uh, on on there to because uh, the brake pressure sensor uh, senses the pressure on the brake, so it will let you shift it out of park into reverse. So that uh, sensor may be bad or, or weak that's causing that. Oh, Arthur, well, thank that's you. Good, that's a good suggestion. That's a really good suggestion. Fantastic. I think Buddy is a is a, is a a dedicated listener to autocorrect, so maybe Buddy's still listening. We're here for you, Buddy. We're trying to, okay. we're trying to crowdsource it. That was all I had, and I enjoy your show there, and y'all uh, have a great day. Oh, thank you, Arthur. We appreciate you. you calling in. Okay. Let, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Let's go to Rhonda, who's called in from Sarah, Mississippi. Rhonda, thank you so much for calling in to autocorrect. Go ahead. Good morning, ladies. Um, I have an 08 Tahoe, and uh, my husband's a mechanic, uh, but we hadn't tried to, we've never tried to replace the uh, tire pressure sensors. And I was going to see if Allison, um, I have two of them that's flashing service tire monitor system, and I took it to the uh, tire store, and it's going to be quite expensive. So I was just wondering, can we order those online and replace those ourselves? Is it a hard job? Well, the the pressure sensors are generally they're inside your tire, so you you can order the part online and perhaps get them cheaper and have a place put them in. They will do that for you. They just don't warranty the parts, obviously. But okay. that's um, it is it can be expensive to deal with those tire pressure monitoring systems, and um, and that's just part of it. And they do act up, so they're a little bit of a fickle fickle. Um, right. Circuitry that they run there. So, but okay. one way to save money is to get the parts online and bring it to to a tire place to have it put on. Okay, we might try that then. That'll probably be easier. All right, thank you very much. Thank you, Rhonda. You're welcome. We appreciate right. you calling in. Let's thank go you. to uh, uh, one more before our break. Let's go to Kim, who's called in from Memphis. Kim, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Hi, um, I emailed this in a couple of weeks ago when everybody was at home, so I hope you didn't already answer it when, and I missed it. But we have a 2004 Ford Escape that was bucking really badly, like it was going to cut out uh, at stop signs and lights. And I took it to someone who is really mostly an oil change place, but they ran the diagnostics and said it was the oxygen sensor and they needed to replace it. And they did. And then a week later, it was doing it again just as bad as before. So I took it back, and they said, oh, we're really sorry. Um, Let's look at it again. And they found a hole in the intake, one of the intake hoses in the back top. Uh, And so they said, well, we don't really have that part, and it may take a while to get it. So I took it to the dealer the next day. And... They changed, I believe they changed that hose. Uh, but it's still doing it, just not nearly to the extent it was, and not all the time. 
no. Well, that's definitely something I'd have to look at myself to to give you a diagnosis on from here. And um, I'd I'd have to go through the diagnostic procedure. Cause do you have a do you have a check engine light on? No. No check engine light. Well, um, that makes it a little bit more difficult time. to track down. That's yeah. something you'd have to put on one of those expensive diagnostic computers and sit there and and diagnose it properly. And you have to use the labor software to know what circuits to test and how to test the circuits and to try to figure out what's going on. So this is one where I'd, I'd want to take it somewhere that does high-end diagnostics. And I don't remember getting an email from you on this problem. So if you want to email again, and maybe uh, if you're locally, I can help you find somewhere to go to. Or, um, but if you're Kim, not, Kim's then, in Memphis. Then, okay, somewhere. Where at? Kim's in Memphis. Kim's in Memphis. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anywhere in Memphis. But um, what I'd recommend is finding either a really good independent shop or a dealership that has good reviews on their service and repair and see if they can help you out on diagnosing it properly. Because at this point, just replacing parts hasn't helped. You need it to be more intensely diagnosed so that you find the actual problem that's causing it and and not just replacing parts. Okay. Thank you, Kim, for for calling in. And, you know, this is why we like to say uh, Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, helps steer you in the right direction because Allison has a wealth of knowledge and she can help you do things yourself. But then also she has uh, she knows when, you know, it's not a DIY YouTube thing, but when you really need to call in someone who has the high priced diagnostic equipment or who who is a electrical or a transmission expert and when unfortunately <laughs> the people that get paid the big bucks are going to need to be paid the big bucks to to help you solve your problem we've been discussing um checking out your car inspecting a car for a new uh if you're getting a new to you car and taking your vehicle repair questions we're going to take a break now But you can always send us your email to auto at mpbonline.org. What's in the news? We'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Hello. 
I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show on our webpage, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Hey, stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. It's Southern Remedy, Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. And you know it says Kids and Teens, but they take all kinds of questions, especially during this COVID time. What's in the news? Uh, Allison, what do you think about this? Uh, did you hear about the um, West Texas crude gasoline going negative on the on the dollars per barrel? I did hear about that. Well, uh, I don't well, know what to think of it. It's, it's amazing. Well, it's it's that <laughs> there's shocking. just there's too much gas. They're they're pumping out too much uh, crude oil, and there's no place to store it, and they're having to pay people to store it anyway. Our Money Talks expert, Money Talks, is another show that I produce. It's on MPB Think Radio. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central Time. You also uh, ha- its website is moneytalks.mpbonline.org, and our expert has a blog post explaining about why that West Texas crude gasoline uh, is. Uh, They're having to pay people to take it off of them. Another thing that's in the news is that there are too many cars on the dealer lots. They talked about how during all of this, Korea just kept churning out cars. And now they got shipped over here and they're kind of sitting on the docks and nobody's going to car lots. And so there's lots of cars on the car lots and people are trying to turn in their leases. But I think a lot of the dealers won't take them. Because they got too many cars on their car lots, and with the uh, mortgage rates, uh, interest rates being so low, this might be a really good time to see about getting a car. We have uh, two calls that we're going to get to. Let's go to Billy, who has called in from Benton. Billy, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you about uh, tire sizes. If I put a tire on the back of my pickup on one side, 265, 70, 16, and the other side is a 260, 75, 16. Does that mean the 75 is a little bit taller and will it damage my rear end? The 75 would be a little bit taller, and there is possibility that it would damage the rear end. So I would try to go with the same size or the, the size that's recommended for it, if possible. That'll work. That's what I want to know. Thank you. Oh, Billy, Billy, I'm too much of a rule follower. <laughs> I'm not going to put on different car, different sizes on uh, of tires on my car. I'd be scared something's going to happen. Let's go to uh, Ed, who has called in from Jackson. Ed, thanks for calling to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Hey, Allison, this is all Ed with the Firebird. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Yeah, listen, I talked about that guy with the fuel pumps. What he needs to do, I believe, is to uh, disconnect his battery and then pull all the plugs on the computer. 
and make sure there's no, uh, you know, a corrosion or anything, and get some electrical spray and spray it down real good, and then get some of that uh, Noalox stuff, uh, that paste, and put on the contacts and put that all back together. And then to see if that doesn't cure his problem. It sounds like there's some kind of a bleed over from something uh, that is, is making that fuel pump do when he shuts off the, uh, uh, you know, you know, like when you turn the car on, the fuel pump comes on for two or three seconds. It's, that, that sounds like it's doing the reverse. It's getting the feed from somewhere in the computer. And the other guy that called in that uh, uh, cycling that uh, brake switch, if he can get if he can get out of the park with his foot on the brake, there's nothing wrong with that switch. So uh, that's that's all I really got to say. Cause uh, I know it's an annoying problem, but uh, I think uh, you know if he if he cleans all his computer contacts up, uh, it'd be fifty fifty. But I think it'd probably cure the problem myself. You've been doing all right. Yes, I have, and I appreciate your suggestion. That's a good one. Thanks, Ed. I like it. We appreciate you calling in. Man, buddy, you're getting lots of good uh, things to try to help with your 2002 Chevy Tracker. Let's go to our last call. It's Johnny from Collins. Johnny, thank you so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for the show? Yeah, for Allison, I have an O2 Chevy Silverado pickup truck. And my air condition, um, it'll quit blowing cold. I can shoot some Freon to it, and it'll cool for several hours, sometimes most all day. But then it, I guess it leaks back out, and I was just curious if Allison knows what I need to replace. It sounds like you need to put, when you, when you recharge it with um, the Freon, to put in the kind that has the leak detection in it it'll have a dye in it and yeah. see if you can find out where the leak is on it and that's okay. what i would do next as far as figuring oh. out the problem with that okay sounds great i love listening to y'all's show oh thank you johnny thank we you. appreciate it thank you for calling in well allison we've got uh, about a minute left we've talked about when you're inspecting a car you as a, a mechanic looks at the frame you look at the bumpers you look for rust you look for flood damage uh give us one more uh thing that you look for when you're inspecting a, a new to you car for somebody one thing I like to look at is the oil cap. On when you pull the oil disc, that's one thing to look at the oil. But but take off the oil cap and look up under it, and whatever condition that is, if it's got sludge on it or a lot of buildup, that's also what's in your engine. So that's one way to tell how what condition the engine is and if they've been changing the oil on time. So check the oil cap, the underside of the oil cap, the part that that goes and is in contact with the same everything that the inside of the engine is and that's a good place to to do a little inspection on all right we got 30 seconds one more another thing to do is check the vehicle history as much as possible uh go ahead and pull your car facts ask a bunch of questions and find out as much as you can and then do a visual inspection see if you can get an idea of the history of the car from looking over it really good too and get an idea of what's going on with it but but the carfax sometimes the the uh, wreck is reported to carfax and that's a good way to tell what's going on with the vehicle 
Well, Allison, I am going to go find you on Facebook because I miss seeing your pretty face in the studio. Um, and remember, y'all, you can find Allison Walker on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic, also as Allison Walker. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. We couldn't do this without our team uh, social distancing between plate glass. <laughs> Jay White and Michelle McAdoo. I'm Liz Gill. Thank you so much for joining us for AutoCorrect each Thursday on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 